Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Your center. Wow. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. It is 4 o'clock here in the Mile High City. And if you haven't figured it out, the next hour here on Nothing But Net is all about the Denver Nuggets, as the Pickaxe Pundit Show is the one and only Denver Nuggets dedicated show on Nothing But Net Radio. With me today, two co-hosts, first down in Colorado Springs, it is Denver Stiff's senior writer, Gordon Gross. Gordon, what is happening? No, just good to be here, although, you know, it's the off-season, so unfortunately we have no games, we have no updates, so it'll, it'll be a fun podcast. We have one update, at least. A couple updates we have, today. We have, oh, we, have, we have tons of juicy news. I don't know what you're talking about, Gordon. This, this is a terrible way to introduce the show. <laughs> Look, man, they're, they're here for our blazing personalities. The, the Nuggets That's have it. their own thing going on. Well, I said, we could be talking about uh, ribeye steaks, and it would still be a good show. That's right. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Also joining with us is Denver Sis writer Ryan Blackburn. Ryan, what's happening? Well, speaking of blazing personalities, thanks for having me on, Zach. That's, I couldn't think of a more blazing personality than... Mr. Blackburn, the word burn is in the name. I mean, it's it's just a given. Just fits, man. <laughs> Ryan, you uh, how many how many days before you head back to South Carolina? Uh, well, today is Saturday, so I'll be going back on Wednesday morning. So going to be driving all the way across the country. We'll see what goes on then. But uh, taking my brother across the country to move into a new place. Nice, nice. Spoiler alert: that is a terrible drive. Good luck to you. Oh, done it! Done it a couple times. We're uh, we're gonna fight over which audiobook to listen to. Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Awful. Oh, what do you guys? How you gotta get through through the heart of the country, the Midwest? Beautiful plains. And Many of them. I'm sure other things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beautiful plains and uh, yeah. That's it. 
uh, corn, various yeah, types of, of corn. wheat. There's lots of corn where I live, so I'm not going to complain. You know, I'm, I'm, we may go I'm like, cow tipping or something. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Does it? Do people actually do that? Like, I think this is like an urban they, legend. I'm no, kidding. they actually do that. Yes, they do yeah, it because was... just because it's an urban legend. Honestly, right? Yeah. I don't think they did it before it was an urban legend, but once it became an urban legend, they were like, "Hell yeah, we're going to tip some cows." Hell yeah! <laughs> I said, Gordon, you sounded like you were speaking from experience. Yeah. No, no. I've had it confirmed to me, but from uh, random people who live in the boonies. <laughs> Fair enough. Out, yeah, well, out east of Colorado Springs, there are... Uh, well, there's Look, man, all, the, all they have is cow tipping and tornadoes. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> five, five minutes in, and uh, we're at cow tipping and tornadoes. I love it. I love it. This is a Welcome to the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the offseason. No, we do have some stuff to talk about this week. Uh, I swear. Um, so a little bit of a quick we'll – I want to get into some quick nuggets of news. Of the, um, the Denver – They fill, so they finally fill out the last spot on the roster when they sign uh, Devon Kuhn Purcell. He will have a two-way contract, so he'll play primarily in the G League, but we'll still talk a little bit about that. And then well, we had we thought Do- Tory Craig would play in the G League too, but that's that didn't happen. True. He was that's like, "Oh, just true. hang out with the Nuggets the whole time; it'll be fine." That's very true. <laughs> um, after that, we got well, we got we got dual dual schedule releases. First, the Nuggets released their preseason schedule, then they released their regular season schedule. We're gonna break them down both in depth, like you've never seen before. And then finally, we'll probably kill some time uh, ranking. So I don't know. We'll rank some the young cores in the NBA do, or something. Like do you that. really think we're getting this? okay? No, I love your optimism, Zach. <laughs> Keep that. Never lose your optimism. It is true. We we I mean we we got the cow tipping, and in the Midwest, so got the Gordon Ryan duo in the house. Like there is no way we're getting to segment four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what are you talking about? Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's dive in. Um, Devon Akun Purcell, the, the, probably, I would have to say the, the biggest standout in, of people who didn't have any sort of contract, any sort of guaranteed contract or, or, yeah. or a draft pick with the Denver Nuggets, probably who's the biggest standout in summer league played the best of anyone he had in my eyes. He had some hero ball for sure there as summer league went on, which you kind of tend to see of guys with who don't have contracts because they're trying to earn one. So you gotta that's get points, man. You don't get, you don't get hired without scoring. Right, yeah, exactly. Who's it? Who's it? Says you don't get paid for playing defense, right? Jabari yeah. Parker, baby. That's right, Jabari Parker. <laughs> That's how it is. Boom. He knows what's up. So yeah, Devon Kuhn Purcell. I mean, he, he but he he was definitely the best looking out of, out, of, out of the group there. Gordon, are you are you happy with with him? Do you think he's the guy that they should have gone with, or was there somebody else maybe that they could have given that two way contract to? Yeah, like off the off the summer league roster that that Denver fielded, he was certainly the guy that you would have given it to. Um, I expected him to go outside of their summer league team, but they didn't feel like doing that. And and honestly, um, he fills a certain role, especially if they wind up moving somebody like Malik Beasley during the season. Um, You've got another, like, longish, energetic, athletic guard who can jump and you know, play some defense and can shoot a three ball, you know, or at least showed it in summer league that he could, you know, um, and he's got a little more um, seasoning than some of the other guys they could, you know, look at, you know, with him having played a couple of years overseas, he, he he's uh, 25 now. So, I mean, it's, I think he's a good get. That's, 
it fits a need for them as far as a potential defensive. I can't really say wing. He's a little too small to be a wing. I guess maybe he could be a three in a small ball bench lineup. You know, he's what is he like? He's like six five. He's yeah. He says he says himself. He says he's six four and a half with a six nine wingspan. So. I mean, Gary Harris right. is six four and a half in shoes, um, right. with some lifts. To me, so, it really just it really just seems like they're they're gunning for a Tory Craig two here. Yes, like right. they're they're looking right. for somebody who's a little bit older. They're not going to take a chance on somebody who's twenty twenty one. Uh, they're looking for somebody who they can who they think in a pinch could fill in at the at the right time. And let's say Tory Craig goes down and they need another defensive wing. Uh, right. They they think that hey maybe there's a maybe there's a chance that Devonta Kuhn Purcell could could earn that spot if Malik Beasley isn't playing well. Uh, I don't know if I see it. Uh, we'll we'll just have to see what happens. I think the Tory Craig at this time last year has kind of proven a little bit more than what Devonta Kuhn Purcell proved this past summer league. So we'll just have to see. Got to trust what the Nuggets front office and coaching staff is looking at though and see maybe maybe he's shown them more on the inside than than what we've seen on the outside. <laughs> right. And it's and I mean this is what they like to do. They they got Axel Tupon one year. They had Jakar Simpson. Jakar you 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 got like guys that you're looking to uh to fill a role where you're looking for a, a wing defender or a defensive presence and you you have a guy on standby basically and with the two-way contracts now that's what a guy is is he's on standby if something happens to mason plumley you know you can call up an emergency big who can stretch the floor you know and thomas welsh uh you've got you know now you've got devin cooperstell who's down in uh g league just sitting around in case you in case of emergency break glass um and and so that's fine I think my biggest problem with it was that if if Devonta Kuhn Purcell was two to three inches taller, then I think he would be great for this team. Yeah, uh, yep, I but, agree. But we've discussed that a lot ad nauseum, honestly. Like, the Nuggets have the combo guard-sized guards, and they don't have the combo wing-sized players. They don't, right. they don't even have swingmen, man. They don't, they don't have combo forwards. Yeah, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they, have they, they have twos. They don't have two threes. They don't have three fours. They've got twos who are occasionally threes in some lineups. They've got right, four right. threes with with yep. Leiden and and Herb right. Gomez. Right. Yes, four so threes. I'd say that. If if Porter if Porter comes along, then maybe this is a maybe this is something to say about his health. Uh, maybe Michael Porter Jr. is a little bit farther along in his recovery than is per- currently advertised. Uh, I don't really know that, and I don't know mm-hmm. if I necessarily believe it. Uh, gonna have to wait and see, I guess. But if if that is something that they're looking at, maybe with Michael Porter Jr. filling in a role at least towards the end of the season, then that might help Denver. Right. Yeah, that's that that, that is true. I think with with a Coon Purcell, you know, he's like you guys said, he he's kind of trying to fill that Tory Craig role of last year. So the thing you got to look for in him, if you remember, what really what really made Tory Craig bust out last season was they put him in the G League, and he just he we, we joked that he was the LeBron James of the G League because he just yeah, dominated he every single game. So that's I mean that's really for for Coon Purcell that's kind of the next step for him. I mean he's got to have a solid camp, but but he knows that he's got a spot to be this season in the NBA in an NBA system. So it's, it's really about now, now performing at the G league level. And then, because the one thing that we know is going to happen, no matter what, is there's going to be an injury somewhere. So uh, well, like nuggets, we, there's no way there's not going to be an injury. Like, come on. 
Right, and, and you've only got two two-way guys, so unless that guy is Mason Plumley or Nikola Jokic or maybe Paul Millsap, you know, they're they're not likely going to call up Welsh. If they're going to if it's anybody else, right. they're probably going to call up Coom Purcell cuz he just he the way they shift people around, he would make more sense. So I could I mean, he can get his chance. It's you never know, but it's it's just about being ready and and, and then performing at that. He's got you know, you got to prove it in the G League cuz if you can't if you can't honestly if you can't dominate the G League, then you're not you're not going to be in the NBA. It's just I can't think of anybody. It's not who, a real role for you, yeah. Right, yeah. I can't think of anybody who was a role player in the G League who would, that translated into being a role <laughs> player in the NBA. Right. Yeah. Again, it's a flyer. We'll see what happens with it. I'm not really. My standards are not that high with this with this pickup, but he could absolutely prove us wrong. He could absolutely prove me me wrong. And if he ends up being a 38, 39 percent three point shooter in the NBA, then he cer- certainly has a role. Well, that's right. what he has to prove, man. Like, honestly, you know he's got the energy. I'm not sold on his, you know, massive defense, but the wingspan helps, you know, in a Corey Brewer steals kind of way, no matter what. Um, right. But can he shoot? Like, Corey Brewer couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Except for that one I think corner. that Okun... Yo, he can, stuck it, he can stick it in the corner. That's fine. But um, thing. If, if Akun Purcell is shooting better than Torrey Craig... On yep. at a certain point, then maybe he's your guy that you just that you deploy as kind of that bench defensive guard. Uh, it right. just it just kind of depends on the situation. It kind of depends on how the offense is looking off of the bench units, and or if the defense is fine regardless of whether Tory Craig is in there or not, or if it's not fine regardless of whether Tory Craig's in there or not. So <laughs> right. that could be that could be an issue both ways, honestly. So uh, well, overall, and, and it's, the whole it's bench, man, the whole bench is going to be. Uh, deployed based on who is shooting. Like, if Trey Lyle stops shooting and Juancho Hernan Gomez starts shooting, Juancho Hernan Gomez is going to get minutes. Like, right. yeah. yep. that's pretty much how this is going to go. If Torrey Craig goes through a shooting slump and Akun Purcell is demolishing the G League... Or Malik Beasley may, is... Or know. Malik Beasley is, like, you know, demol- is, is just, like, raining buckets, then, yeah, maybe you go ahead and, and you make a switch because all you need from your bench is enough scoring to hold leads that your starters are getting for you so you cannot afford to have dead shooting on the bench it and they have enough guys me. oh yeah it would not surprise me if the bench lineup at the end of the year is isaiah thomas and malik er, and mason Plumley with malik beasley devonna coon purcell and tory craig in the middle of those three just because you've got a switchy lineup Tory Craig is a small ball four in that situation, and you just space the floor enough with those three guys who can all switch. Uh, to me, that's that's probably the direction that the NBA is going. And with when you get guys like Trey Lyles and Michael Porter Jr. out there, and if they can't defend, then you, you may see Michael Malone go in a completely different direction like that. It's possible. I still think it'll be Monte Morris. Um, Monte played with Briante oh, Weber. Monte, that's, um, that's true. It, and I, I expect Monte and Isaiah Thomas to handle the, the guard duties just fine off the bench. They can both pass. They can both play off ball. Um, it, we'll see how that goes. But it's it's really going to depend on who's shooting. Like, if you aren't shooting, I don't think you're going to play. The, no. the, that's just important oh. to them. <laughs> or, I don't know, well, it, or if you're... The thing about it, it'll be just like, you know, when you think about Tory Craig will probably play because he plays defense. And, yeah, and that's the other thing because the one guy who cares He's about, the only one the guy he yeah, does, yeah. Yeah, the guy who who actually mans or is in charge of the rotation, is uh, he cares about defense more than anything. So 
And, and, and trust, and right? Like, token, like, hey, man, th- this guy's playing because of defense. You guys need to play more. Like... Right, right. <laughs> well, but yeah, I'm just saying, so, like, uh, Torrey Craig is, is one of Coach Malone's, like, trust guys, you know? So uh, that's how that's what you got to overcome. And that's really – those are the guys that are really, I think, will get the minutes – uh, in that bench rotation is is the guys that, that Malone can trust to be able to put into the rotation and not just completely fall apart, whether it's on offense or defense, as we... That's why I expect more. Or both, there, as we saw with uh, over, Emmanuel Moutier. You're going to want guys who can get it done. It's, if Isaiah Thomas is healthy and Monte Morris doesn't turn the ball over... Right, and can yeah, and that's the other side, right? Don't turn Torrey, Torrey Craig doesn't need plays run for him, so he can just clear out for you know Isaiah or, and just do transition dunks and stuff. Like It'll be fine. That's what you want, is you want a bunch of guys who understand their role and don't make stupid mistakes. Absolutely. All right, we got to move on. We spent way, we spent way too much time on Devon and Purcell. This is your fault, man. This is this is my fault. I take the full blame. I take the full blame <laughs> for the for the Danish. Right? It was. Is it the? Yes, you know, he went. To, he was a Danish MVP. Yeah. The Danish MVP. Oh yeah. All right. That's man. That's 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 pretty big time. If you're, uh, if you ask me, uh, all right. So let's let's break into the obviously the big news of the week was that the NBA schedule was released as well as the the Nuggets preseason schedule was released a little bit earlier than that. We got the Christmas Day. Well, I think it was like the very first thing that came out. That was back uh, back on Monday. So I want I want to. I mean, we got nothing else to talk about. So Gordon Gordon was very upset that that I was like we're gonna we're gonna spend most of the time talking about the schedule, but you know. Just, we gotta do. What we gotta do, man. Some days do, you get steak, and some days you gotta eat your vegetables. And this is a vegetable day. Right. They, they can't all be trade deadline shows, you know. All right, there's gotta be. Some, <laughs> there's gotta be some August shows in there as well. Uh, so the Nuggets, five preseason games, uh, three of them in Los Angeles. Well, no, not te- three of them against teams from Los Angeles. One of them in San Diego at a casino. <laughs> Just, uh, and then. <laughs> And then uh, the one only one home game that's against the Perth Wildcats. Uh, finally, in the, ended up against against at Chicago. Ryan, what do you think, man? One home game against the Perth Wildcats. How so? How how pumped are you to see the Perth Wildcats in the Pepsi Center? Even though you won't actually be able to see them because you'll be in South Carolina. How pumped would you be if you were here? Uh, very little. Um, <laughs> personally, it's it's. Frankly, it's no to love me, it's for a dis- I, It's whatever. It's to me, it's a disappointing schedule. Like you're you're trying to drum up some some interest in the team this year, and the most you can do is is you've got the new uniforms, and that's great. But beyond the additions that they made in the off season, like if if the biggest thing that they're going to do is travel to Los Angeles and play LeBron, then that's that's the wrong thing that they're doing for their fans. Uh, the the goal should be to get as much excitement for the team as possible during the preseason, in my opinion. I don't think it's something that you just have to go through. I feel like it's something that should be used to your advantage, not necessarily in the finance books, but in, in terms of selling season tickets later on. Yeah, I could. Well, I, I mean, you don't think the Perth, you don't think Perth Wildcats sell season tickets? I, I yeah, it's, it's, it's a no from me, dog. <laughs> it's an over right. And my issue, like I, it's not the the preseason scheduling is what it is. Like you're going to get your five games. It's not a long, like eight or nine game preseason anymore. 
Um, and that's fine. Like, I'm glad they shortened it. That's, that's so they can get more rest during the season. Good for them. Right. You don't need nine preseason games. You're fine. But it's I, – I just wish the Nuggets would televise some of this stuff. I wish they would put a package together. I wish they would treat it like it's important. Oh, There's so many – when your own network is pushing you on to, like, its alternate station because they have better things to show and there may not even be any hockey on that night. They just feel like showing the great outdoor games or whatever it is that they're showing. Golf like, I don't – yeah, I, I, I don't feel like the Nuggets treat their brand the way that I feel like their brand should be treated if they want to be taken seriously. The Nuggets got a lot of NBA games this year for national games, and we'll talk about that in a second. So that's good. Maybe they can build some um, goodwill without having to push their own product, but I kind of feel like they should push their own product more. Right. Well, so as, as we were talking about this before before we came on, that you, you guys know that I'm kind of on the opposite side of the fence on it because I look at it – I don't know you don't how care much... about the preseason. Yeah, I do. yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So, we, no, I do care about the preseason, and you guys care about the preseason, and it's and it's something that we want to get excited about, and we want to be able to watch all the games uh, from the comfort of our homes, and not have to, you know, stream some grainy website where there's like different pop up ads coming up all over the place <laughs> and stuff like that. Like that would never happen. We don't, right? <laughs> we don't. We don't do that. But we, I mean, we don't want to be forced to do things like that either. So, the thing about it for me though is, is you know, I get. That we're not the norm. That we're we're the the diehards, right? The the very very small small percentage of people, and I just don't know that you're gonna drum up excitement with preseason games, no matter how much you promote them. You know what yeah, I mean? And that's true. But I I just when you go into the season, you're trying to sell fans who may not have tuned in because you still haven't made the playoffs. Right. You know, in in five years. So maybe they haven't come back, but maybe you need to explain to them who the team is. That's what your preseason games are for. You get to show who the bench people are. You can explain stories to people. You can yeah, you're setting the table for yourself. Are. I'm nobody, just saying, it, it, you, you, you get to set the table. You get to explain what's been going on over the summer. You get to explain the extensions to players and who got kept and why, and you can have interviews because nobody cares about the games going on. Get the coaches to come in. Get an assistant coach to sit down. Get a player, like a real player, to, who's not going to play in this game to sit down and just talk to people and get on the air. And This is what you, you ramp up for. You you explain your, your team to the fan base who may not have watched you on Altitude because nobody watches Altitude. Like, this is like sort of your problem. Golf at Altitude? Yeah, oh. to me, to me, it's it's the it's the dichotomy that nobody watches altitude, but they don't broadcast preseason games anyway. So, it's right, like the chicken it's, and the egg, right? Yep, right. Yeah, which one you is have, it? To me, you have to start somewhere, and whether you start losing money as as somebody who spent the entire summer in an internship where it wasn't necessarily the biggest goal to make money, it's more about developing relationships and working on that money down the line. Like that's that's the kind of relationship that you have to take with these fans is that if you make a fan for life, then they'll be buying tickets for the rest of their life. But in order to do that, you have to start doing some of these promotions and and making your tickets accessible and, and your games accessible and doing going the extra mile, even if it doesn't necessarily earn you that much money up front, because once you do that, you may you may change the minds of a lot of people down the line. 
So Pennywise and Pound Foolish. That's been me for with the Nuggets for a long time with the way that they handle their their business with their team. And I'm hoping that that changes. But this preseason schedule, it hasn't changed yet, and that's all. And we and we haven't heard anything about a G League team or or anything like new training facilities or there there other things that they could be advertising and pushing that we just haven't seen. Like like for example, they don't have a a 2k league team which sounds kind of stupid for for a lot of right. people but there there are reasons that other teams are doing it like, but ryan's like, trying to get a summer job people and he's pretty good at 2K, <laughs> come on so. now ryan needs a gig <laughs> i've been honing my game honing my craft <laughs> on the sticks every day oh uh, so I I I get what you guys are saying. So I think there's a couple ideas that 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 I have that you could make it so that you could at least try and you know meet meet people halfway. Which is first of all, have more than one home game, right? So the reason they're going to broadcast yes. they're going to broadcast the home game obviously is because they don't have to spend all the money on hotels and travel and trucks to take all their equipment and pay yep. for Chris Marlowe and his five star hotel that I'm sure that he stays in and you know all all that that giant expense you just you just do it at the at home and it's it's a lot cheaper so just have but have more than one home game have you play five games have at least two of them at home and then that way you you can at least broadcast two home games and then you go broadcast one uh, one away game so there's at least three of the five that you can broadcast and then the other two i mean we're in this age of social media we uh, adamara has pointed out to me this out to me that the san antonio spurs did this where they they broadcast their their just the arena cam like on on facebook live or something like that so like you can the do that too. yeah yep yeah, you, so, can, you can absolutely do that and then, and that's how you do the other, you know, you do the other two games. And then that way there's, you know, there's a way, not only, okay, are you, you're meeting the, the old school fans who are going to watch altitude, but you're also marketing and, and testing out a new, a new uh, medium to reach fans, a younger generation of fans and be able to draw them in uh, like, and, and drum up that excitement. Like you've been talking about Ryan. So that, to me, that's that's kind of what I would do if I was suddenly uh, CEO of Altitude TV. If anybody wants to see my qualifications, I can <laughs> leave those. I'll leave those. Yeah, down I have a resume handy. Uh, it's been burnished. Oh yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, I because I get it. I, I like I said, I get it. There's, I understand the financial side of it, and I and right. I don't know that the return on investment is necessarily there. In pre- with preseason games, I think like, like the other yeah, things we talked things about. There are things you can do. There are things you can do to like try still minimize to... cost, but you yeah. know, do more than what you're doing now, which is the bare minimum. Exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, taking it away from from the coverage of the actual preseason, um, and, and actually, I want to point out here too. I'm actually kind of stoked to see the Perth Wildcats because I know nothing about the Perth Wildcats, but uh, you know. Ooh, you know well, what? I'm, I'm wonder, I wonder if uh, Tory Craig played them when he was in Brisbane. I I'm sure he, he did. did. I'm sure he did. Well, no, I, uh, don't be sure, man. Perth is on the other side of the whole freaking continent. Like That's true. That's out on the west coast. Perth is, yeah, there, there's Perth and a thousand <laughs> miles of nothing and then the next town. Like, there's, it, that's well, how it is. A thousand miles of, like, giant spiders and crazy snakes and the rest of the outback. But, um... But, I know. I, I don't know. It could be interesting. You know, the one thing that might be concerning, or may, maybe not, but you you can count on probably a physical game because that's one thing Tory Craig said about the NBL. He said, "Man, that is that is a man's league over there." So. Well, did you watch? Did you watch the uh, Australia versus what was it? The Philippines. 
where mm-hmm. um where guys were like throwing knees. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They were uh they they went into full scale brawl mode, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It was like fifteen guys got suspended or whatever. It was it was crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. The, so so they they definitely throw down. It's it's a very physical game. If you saw any footage of Tory Craig playing in that league and the kind of fouls that he took and was giving. Like yeah, that's they they play hard. So I'm curious to see how they what kind of ball skills and what kind of physical game they bring to the Pepsi Center. That'll that's be fun. Good, man, that's actually a good thing for the Nuggets because that's, that's definitely one thing about the Nuggets that we know is if you really if you really want to beat them, one a good way to do it is, is just get physical with them. If you they've they've never they've never had anybody like ever since you know like guys like Kenya Martin and and, and Dante Jones and even to an extent you know the Chris Anderson. Once those guys left, they kind of lost their uh, they lost their kind of bad boy edge to them, and and really they've never had, they, you know they're they're a team that can be kind of pushed around. I think a little they're bit. They're a finesse team, yeah, right, right. Yeah, they're always especially a finesse a finesse offense, and you you adapt to the skills of your best player, and that's just who Nikola Jokic is, rightly or yep. wrongly. So you have to beat them with finesse, and you have to beat with beat them with skill, and. Uh, that's that'll be a good test for them. And okay, so you've you've drummed up my my excitement for the Perth Wildcats. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, so. if you're gonna bring in the Washington Generals, at least make sure the Washington Generals are gonna like push your guys around a minute and and let them wake up for the regular season. That's fine. Look, I go. just want to point out to anybody from the Perth Wildcats listening how I just totally sold Ryan. So, also, if you want to offer me some beachside property and a nice cushy job with your organization. You can check me also out. acceptable. He has a resume. <laughs> Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell you what. Let's do. Let's go ahead. Let's hit a break. When we come back, I want to shift the focus on the preseason. We'll, we'll stick with preseason for just a, a little bit longer. But I want to shift it more about the, no. the actual play on the court. You're gonna make you do it, Gordon. <laughs> uh, Damn. And then after that, after that, we'll actually get into the regular season and, and, and talk about the real juicy part of the show so uh i know that's a terrible a terrible pitch but uh hang around we will be right back we've all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on. Or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. (laughs) 
Alright, welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Mikosh, Gordon Gross, Ryan Blackburn. We spent our first half of the show talking about Devon Akun Purcell, uh, the Nuggets preseason, and some various other topics. Uh, U.S. geography. We spent we spent 25 minutes talking about Devon Akun Purcell and the Perth Wildcats. <laughs> yes. We're, we're is... pulling man's work right here, my friend. Do, do it, this doing is the prime right. yeah. mid-August. Prime mid-August. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, let's let's keep it going. I, let's let's wrap up this preseason conversation. I will do it quickly for Gordon's sake. But Gordon, I want you to give me one thing in the NBA preseason that you will be watching for from the Denver Nuggets. Uh, staying healthy. Like <laughs> that, that's a fair one. Like honestly, man. Like please, just get through this without having any more random wrist injuries or. Back injuries, brawls with or... the Australian team. Yeah, don't don't get into a brawl and break an eye orbit or something. <laughs> like I, I want them to be healthy, and then honestly, my uh, the preseason a lot of the, just half of it's going to be bench play. Way more bench play for the first couple of games than you would normally expect to see before the starters take over. Um, right. So I want to see who comes out firing, like Wancho. Um, and I guess Malik in particular, uh, but Wancho, I want to see. He was a as a rookie was you know, Wancho made a lot of people have some pretty high expectations of him, me included. And then he he played well in over the summer with the Spanish national team, and you were like, great, he's gonna be, he's ready to go. Then he caught mono, right. and then he was supplanted and kicked out of the rotation and basically erased. You know, by the time the season ended, there was no Wancho. So, how is he going to find some minutes? Is he what? What's he going to come out like? You know, when he has time to make an impression. Tory Craig made one in the preseason last year, um, and that was important for when they needed somebody. They they called him, and I expect that that somebody like Wancho is going to have to do that again. And I'm looking forward to seeing who wants to put their throw their hat in the ring for more minutes on a crowded team that they've already got. Yeah, that's that is a very good point. Yeah, you got you got this whole kind of cluster of young guys who are at this this point in their careers where it's like, all right, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, now is the time. Which is it's it, it's but it's funny because it's for such like a minor part there, and it's for maybe like twenty minutes in the rotation is about all these guys are vying for, which is which is a kind of a contrast of last season where we we didn't know who the starting point guard was going to be right at that time. You know this this year the the starting lineup is very set, so it's it's you kind of have to dig deeper for what you're looking for. And I think you hit kind of the nail on the head. Is just watch and see which one of these young guys. I throw Tyler Light in that mix. I throw Trey Trey yeah, Lyles. Absolutely. I think is still all in those that guys mix. are competing. Right, yeah, exactly. They're all competing, and there's maybe two spots. Right, you got like the backup power forward spot, which will probably be about 20 or so minutes at best, uh, and the backup the backup two guard spot, which will be probably about. 20 minutes or so at best so uh, th- that's that's really the two the two places so and that's where all of these young guys who are really if they're gonna make it now is gonna have to be the time so that that, that is definitely what i'm watching for as well ryan are you kind of in the, the same boat not at all no i think you guys completely missed the boat on this one it's isaiah thomas that's good that is, that is a very good one actually how is Isaiah Thomas going to come out and look like what is what Isaiah Thomas version are we getting? Are we getting the 2016-17 version who comes off screens and, and comes off and isolates going downhill and just balls out and, and puts up a 29 per game on 
on a ch- uh, not a championship contender, but like an Eastern Conference Finals contender? Or are you getting the Isaiah Thomas, who is kind of a locker room issue, not a cancer, but an issue, and and somebody who completely lost efficiency and never had defense to begin with? So I think both of those are are really interesting factors. If if Denver is getting the former, then they're going to be really, really good. If they're getting the latter, then it's going to be a lot more difficult. And I know that with Monty Morris developing, it's it's going to be probably fine if they don't get the old Monty Mo- if they don't get the old Isaiah Thomas. But if uh, if things don't go according to plan, then as we saw over the last couple of years, having a bad backup point guard situation really screws things up. Right. So that to me is the is the biggest thing over the course of this preseason is how is Isaiah Thomas I hear you. looking? So that's- that's a very good point. Here, let me let me throw this at you guys. Let's say we get the good Isaiah Thomas. Let's say we get the Isaiah Thomas. Let's say he's all the way back. He's back to the, just the way he was in his last year in in Boston. Does he start over Jamal Murray in that in that scenario? Nope. No. Go in. Go in that six man. Of the well, year they told away. they told him that they That's told it. him he wasn't going to do that. I mean, as far as I can tell, they they specifically said that Jamal Murray is their point guard of the future. We're just here. You can do awesome things with us, but don't expect it to be you know, a long-term gig where you supplant the guy that we've got. And so they're not going to mess with Jamal that way. I would assume. Yeah, but it's just like, I don't, if you get, like, this is, this I mean, Jamal Murray is good, but Isaiah Thomas in his last year in Boston was an MVP candidate. That's I understand it, you know, that, that, but you can find minutes for him that uh, he, he, I mean, you can give him all so of Will much. Barton's minutes basically. Yeah, but there's so much ball, ball time, man. Like he's, he's so ball dominant. And now that could work out. It worked out with um, Al Horford, obviously. Right, right, and and it will work out with Nikola Jokic offensively. That's for defensively, sure. Defensively, it's uh, so it will not work out with Nikola yeah, Jokic. Yeah, you defensively. can't start that. <laughs> like there's, I just don't think that that's possible unless like I think there's there's a possibility that you could start it if you're trading Jamal Murray for a starting three guard that plays defense like a Kawhi Leonard or a Jimmy Butler or something. Yeah, that like whole Paul that. George like that, Jimmy Butler that I could thing. See, I could see. Yeah. But but that that's a very unlikely scenario, and frankly, I think I think the Nuggets have handled this as well as they could. They got the the best possible option that they could for the veteran minimum with the highest possible ceiling. Right, and they will continue going on with Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, and hopefully somebody like Michael Porter Jr. or Jared Vanderbilt. And they also put in the, and they got the contingency plan locked in when they they signed Monty Morris as well. So they, no, they, they, they you know, I, I don't think anybody can doubt they they've done it right. They built it well. I just say it's just an interesting idea to me that I've been thinking. I mean, if you thought if Isaiah Thomas gets back to what what he was, I mean, that's that's an incredibly good player. The nice thing though is, you know, Wilson Chandler is gone. He had about thirty. He averaged, I think, over thirty minutes a game. So you could certainly give that time to Isaiah Thomas, and then give Devin Harris's minutes to Tory Craig, and they've you've got, got enough got versatility the there. Yeah, yeah, they've got. The yeah, they, they, it's, they've got it. They they could do it. That they could get. They can get everyone their minutes. They can get Isaiah Thomas thirty minutes a game, even off the bench. And like like you said, Ryan, and then. He, uh, he could win the six man of the year. That's probably. I mean, that's not a bad. Uh, wouldn't be. be a, a goal it's, I say it, it would be a, be a bad be... pick if you wanted to make predictions. You know. Absolutely, you're you're looking for if you're looking for a six man of the year award guy. You you want a guy who's going to put up points. You want a guy who's going to change an offense or while he's out there. And uh, with regard to defensive guys that that 
vie for the six man award. It just doesn't happen, guys. Yep. Sorry, uh, but he he is a great option, especially if Lou Williams steps into the starting lineup on uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Right. Like I could absolutely see Isaiah Thomas competing for that award, especially if he's putting up like an absurd 16, 18 points per game with with like five assists or so. Like that, that to me seems like a reasonable ceiling for right. him. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, let's let's shift gears and look in towards the regular season now. The 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 actual games that matter. Uh, not not that the preseason doesn't matter unless you're altitude TV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bad <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't resist it was there it was just there it was the low-hanging fruit um the nuggets get 14 we, we, we hinted at this earlier the nuggets get 14 national tv games and we're not we're not kind of you know we're not counting nba tv channel games which is the it's like all right that's technically national tv for like the 20 percent of america who gets that channel but uh, these are uh, 14 games that will either be on TNT or ESPN. That is certainly a big bump from, uh, well, and a continued, <clears throat> a continued trend upward over the past couple of years. What was it like? It was maybe four years ago when they had zero. Yeah, they had zero games, or but they had one, and then I think got taken away, yeah. as I recall. Right, right, and now so now they have 14. So. I mean, uh, what is, what is, Gordon? What does this mean? Are the Nuggets, I guess, back? Are they are back to kind of that popularity where they were at? You know, back in in the two thousands, where it seems like every Wednesday night eight thirty game on ESPN or TNT was going to be a Nuggets game. Um, I'm curious to see. Uh, it would. I mean, back in the two thousands, they could pronounce Carmelo Anthony's name. So, step one is someone on the national broadcast getting Jokic's name correct. <laughs> like, let's just start with the small. Somebody's got to sit down with Reggie Miller with some phonetics. Yeah, just like look, man, don't call him Nurkic. That's all I'm asking. Like, <laughs> right. you've had him for thirteen games this year already on national TV. By the fourteenth game, call him by his actual name. Like, that's I'm trying to to be positive about this, but really, like, I think that. First off, there's a bunch of teams in the West that are worth t- TV time, and there's not a lot of teams in the right. East that are worth TV time. So right. um, if you're going to be televising a bunch of Eastern Coast games, I expect a lot of that to be West Coast teams coming East. Unless it's rivalry right. games, like I expect there's going to be a ton of Philly and uh, Boston games, as I recall, looking at the schedule. But otherwise, you know, there's there's not a lot that you're going to be looking at where you're like, oh, I want to see the I want to see the Charlotte Hornets you know, play on a on a <laughs> TNT national game. That's that's not what you want to see. Um, so I'm glad to see that the Nuggets are part of that parcel. Like, Utah got a ton of games. What was Utah? Like, 18 national games or something? Something like that. Oh, no. Utah Utah actually had 11. Did they? Was, wow. I was oh, I thought they got more than that. about that. They, uh, they uh, unless unless the numbers that I was checking were, were off, uh, what I saw was... Uh, was uh Jared Dubin on on Twitter? He uh he had them at eleven with three TNT games and eight ESPN games, which means that Denver has tied for the second most in the Northwest Not Division. Bad. Tied for second most. I love the uh, fact that OKC yeah, is the most. Yeah, right. You got to be OKC. So I was just checking. You are right though. There. Uh, well, well, actually, I guess only one, only one game. Uh, the, 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 they, the, but they do have an at Philadelphia where they will be on ESPN and they'll be the early game, oh. which will be nice, you know, because the rest of them, the rest of them are all going to be late night games for you, Zach. Yeah, I was like, for the rest of for the all of us who actually stay, you know, have our early morning jobs, 
I think all of them. Uh, every single one is an 8.30 start, which is... Uh, Excuse me. I'm on the East Coast, <laughs> sir. I don't want to hear any of that shit. Yeah, wait, you're 21 and in college. You'll sleep until like 1 in the afternoon. Don't give me that. Just skip class, like, Ron. You, you've already done that. You know yeah, how to do yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah. You've got your class giving routine it's down, right. Pat. It's fine. You once overslept it's... for a 2 p.m. podcast. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Actually, it was a 4 p.m. <laughs> uh, I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. I couldn't remember. Oh. But yeah, like <laughs> the, right. the way that the game sets up, uh, like I'm glad I'm glad that we have the national games. It's nice that we're going to get some national exposure here in Denver. People are going to be able to watch the team more who don't just live here. Um, these are all good things. Uh, and now we'll see if the Nuggets can take advantage of that. I just remember being called a gimmick team for every national exposure because that's all that John Barry could say about the Nuggets. While they were demolishing people on national TV, he'd be like, well, it's a gimmick team. It's not going to work in the playoffs. Okay. Um, he's John Barry's just still bitter. I know. <laughs> but I just, I'm looking forward to seeing whether or not the, uh, the Nuggets will not just get the exposure, but will get some acclaim. They, they've, they've earned the right to the first one. Now we'll see if they earn the right to the second one. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they had, I mean, they had a couple of good moments last season, which is why I guarantee you, you know why? One of the biggest reasons that the Nuggets have 14, there, there's two, there's two major reasons the Nuggets have 14 NBA uh, games on, on national TV this year. And that is Gary Harris hitting a buzzer beater yep. on national TV against Oklahoma City Thunder and play, them playing the Minnesota Timberwolves on a winner-take-all game on national TV at the end of the season. Those two games and those two or the, and just those two moments are, are the big reason that, that the Nuggets are going to be on a lot of a lot of national TV games those this year. Those both were contenders for two of the most fun games yeah, like right, last exactly. year. Like the the Nuggets were the talk of the town both of those nights. Like they uh that that game against OKC was just so fun going back and forth with Jamal Murray crossing up Steven Adams yeah, and, and Paul George Nicole Jokic. Like forty points or something like that. He and he he hit a he hit a shot with with one second right. left, uh, one point four seconds left, a, a step back three to over Tory right. Craig, like. Nikola Jokic had 29, 14, and 13 that game. Uh, Russell Westbrook did his thing. Uh, I'm surprised that the Nuggets didn't actually have that much more, uh, to be frank. And I and I understand that being in that slot uh, makes, makes, makes things difficult. But to me, they seem like a, a team that you would feature over, uh, well, they just don't have the face. Like I, a, a team like Donovan Mitchell... Donovan Mitchell's Utah Jazz and and whatnot, like he's just he's just a face, and and it's hard to get around that fact that that sometimes you just need to market your guys, and and again that that just comes back to you got to market your guys as best as you can, and and hope that the national media catches. And they on. probably have the most difficult guy to market as their star player. To be honest, I mean let's 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 be frank. They, it's uh... I don't know. I I think that that. Going the opposite way on things like that attracts certain people. Like, like Nikola Jokic is a super interesting person, he is. and the Nuggets just need to showcase that a little bit more. Like, like why why not make his horse life public? Like, why not why not why not send a diary like like people after him on on his off season and and do the diary of Nikola Jokic and his horse riding adventures? Like, come on, that, that who wouldn't like Nuggets fans would eat that up. 
I don't know if Nicola would want to do that, though. That's the other part of it. And that's true. Like, Nicola it's, it's, likes his a, shorts it, you do have and to his, like, brushing out his horse and his... his yeah, the, the hat and the flip-flops. Like, he's <laughs> he, he's so anti, like, uh, club life, anti-whatever. It's hysterical to me. He is such a giant <laughs> goober. I, I adore it about him. <laughs> Yeah, that is one hundred percent the truth. <laughs> Goober is is a good way to put it. But it's it's understandable with this schedule. I I totally get it. Uh, I do like some of the national broadcast games that they have going on. Uh, they have a couple against Portland, three against Los Angeles, uh, the Lakers. Uh, they have uh, have the Animal them Warriors ending against the Minnesota too. Timberwolves. Uh, they've got yeah, they've got two games against the Warriors on ESPN and TNT, and it's it's just going to be a lot of fun. So they're going to like I think if we count all of their national TV games including the uh including the ones on NBA TV, they have 18 and of all of those, only one, the Dallas Mavericks did not make the playoffs last year right. or did not have LeBron. Right. Right. Yep. It is, uh, you know, they're, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's kind of cool too that they get to play the, the, they have a game against every single one of their Northwest division rivals. It just kind of show that just that cool, how the rivalries are all kind of growing in that, in that division as well. All right. I want to, I want to, it's the best division. It, it is. I mean, overall, if you're going to talk about just, you know, median, if you were going to say what the median talent was across the division, it would certainly be the, the Northwest as, as the best. I mean, obviously they don't have the best team, but, um, they have, Actually, the Atlant- the Atlantic Division might yeah, be better. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The Atlantic's close. It's like, and the rest of the East is garbage. Well, I guess Milwaukee's all right. Mil- that's, yeah, that's you have like, man, and oh, is that your standard? That's yeah, pretty much for the rest of the East outside of the Atlantic. I mean, who? That's so who sad. In the, in the South is 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 coming out of there. I mean, who's winning that thing? Miami, Charlotte. It's just going to be trash, man. Yeah. Like, the East is going to be, like, three and a half teams because the Wizards are only half a team. Like, they talk big, and then they fold, like, a lawn chair the second anybody gets near them. So, it's just, oh, the East. We have the Raptors, too. I guess it's four and a half teams. That's true. That's true. No, yeah, but like I said, they're all, that's, it's funny. They're, they're pretty much all in the Atlantic. Uh, all right, let me let – me, um, let me throw this at you, Gordon. So, give me, I guess, where, what is the most like worrisome, uh, like ten game or so stretch of the season that you see? Um, the end. I'm going with the final <laughs> ten games, man. That was what I was gonna say. Dang it. Well, I mean, like what? They the last ten games is what they they're home against uh, Detroit after a four game road trip. Then they go right. on the road for Houston and OKC. Then they're home for the Wizards who, uh, for all I know, could be fighting for home court throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs at that point. Or just a playoff. Or, you, you never know, it's the East. Like, could be whatever. <laughs> then you got GSW, you got the Spurs, you've got a home and away with Portland, the Jazz, and you wrap up at home with the Timberwolves. Like, that is brutal. Right. That is brutal yep. to finish the season. Um, Again, like, again, it's brutal to finish the season. It's, it's very reminiscent of last season. Right. Meanwhile, um, you have other teams uh, that you you look at and their final games, like the Pelicans. The Pelicans might be favored in like 
their last dozen games, 12, 15 games, they might be favored in all of them. Right. Like, it's just it's such a weird scheduling quirk that, you know, a couple years in a row, two, three years in a row, Denver's been having this, like, <laughs> grueling, ridiculous end-of-the-year schedule. Um, so you've got to get your work done early, man. Like, you've you've got to get some work done. You cannot blow this early. What is it? They start off um, the the year, what, 11 out of their first 16 games at home? Right, right. They've got yeah. They've got yeah. Well, start. that's that's the thing with me is I I would actually banking off of the same question. I think that the first ten games are the well. Yeah, I didn't say it was worrisome. He said he said difficult. That's different. Oh, did you say difficult? difficult? Okay, whatever you that is, okay. Well, I'm gonna go ten most difficult. Absolutely, the last ten. Like obviously, everybody's everybody's trying at that point, and I don't think that. Uh, the playoff picture is going to change that in any way, shape, or form because I think that all of those teams will be at least right. competing for the eighth right. seed. Uh, the first ten games, though, have me the most worried because there is a lot of potential for potential failure. Uh, you have Denver versus the LA Clippers at Staples yep. Center on opening night. I'm, I'm counting uh, that as a that, loss. That could, yep. I think that could be a loss. Uh, Phoenix comes to Denver at home. I think that's probably a win. But you never know. Golden State comes to Denver on a back-to-back. I'm penciling that in as a loss. Uh, Sacramento comes to Denver. Should be a win. I'm going to pencil that in as a win. Denver goes to the Lakers on TNT a couple days later. That's probably going to be a loss. Uh, They come back and face the Pelicans. And that's the game where... And then the the subsequent games after that where they go to Chicago and Cleveland and then face Utah and Boston at home... Where, if you if you develop a losing streak there, then that's an issue. Those games should all, in all honesty, be like they're winnable games. Well, right? but understand so, as this is yes. like the Nuggets have also started slow with Malone historically. Like they haven't necessarily gotten out of the shoot real fast. Um, which yep. is why it's worse. This, this that they could trip because they've tripped here before, be... and it doesn't. It it looks like it's yeah. setting up for a trap. Yep. Right. My hope is that Nikola Jokic comes out really strong because he is historically has been a second half of the year player uh, because it takes him a little bit to get going for whatever reason. Or maybe it takes Malone a little bit to get going and using him as his best player. So I keep hoping we're past that, man. Hopefully we don't have yeah. those issues this past We, we yeah. have to. Please, at so? that point, like, I can't do a fourth Groundhog Day. Like, I need this to be known that the guy can play <laughs> and maybe we should play with him as a focal point. Yeah, as a center. Honestly, through the first fifteen games, the Nuggets should be way closer to fifteen and zero than they should seven and eight, in my opinion. Like they should be, it should be bordering on eleven and four, twelve and three. I've got them at like I think I have them at what ten and five, um, nine and six. Even that's not bad. If if you're on a ten five, you know. That's yeah. I I I think I had them. I honestly don't think I think they're going to be six and four through the first ten. Um, yeah. But then they have. Then they have. A, they Just have a pretty. Really they have bad. a pretty decent, decent run of games after that, where they could. They could make up some ground. But that's the point where you don't. You don't have time to make up ground. As as the at the second half of the season, the last twenty five games are going to be freaking. Bad. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, you can't. What I was going to say. If you go. What I was. 
What I was, well, what I was going to say is, so what, the, if I was going to, what's funny is the, the next most ten most or stretch of ten most difficult games that the Nuggets have this season actually might be the ten right before the last, the last 10. ten. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, then you have there's seven of those ten are on the road, of which six I think are against teams that you would expect to be competing for the playoffs. And then your three game your three game homestand is Minnesota, which will be a team competing for the playoffs. The Mavericks, who should be better than last year. I mean, that Mavericks they actually might be okay this year they give the nuggets hell. and then and then you have yeah, yeah well right now they have man. i mean they have deandre jordan and they have luka Doncic, and the, the, the mavericks are an improved team this year for sure and then and then you have the pacers is the other team that you have to home there another another playoff team so yeah those that last i mean basically after the all-star break it's pretty much you've got you got to bank wins brutal. early it's gonna be a brutal stretch like it was last year and denver pulled out a few more of those last year than I expected them to, but because they didn't start fast enough and they threw away early games they should win, they missed the playoffs. Like, right. they have, like, remember the when when they ended last year, I think they banked around 31 wins. I think they have to bank at least yes. 35 in order to be pretty yep. safe right. going into the All-Star break. And that's kind of right around where I have them. But it's still a little bit scary when you when you talk about going into that with with all of these teams and with teams like New Orleans, who probably like whether they're healthy or not, will probably win at least ten to twelve of those last. They will. They will be chasing games. you down. You have got to have a lead. Yep. Right. And Utah starts the season brutally, which means they end the season favorably. So. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Absolutely. All right. Well, tell you what, we are out of time here on the Pick Exponent Show. So make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Ryan is at NBA Blackburn. Uh, of course, follow the Denver Stiffs at Denver Stiffs. Nothing but Net Radio is at NBN Dash Radio. Uh, make sure you're also checking us out on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs and on Facebook. Give us a follow. Give us a like. If you guys are listening to the podcast version of the show, first of all, why are you not listening to nothing but net radio on the Dash Radio app? You could download it on your phone, listen it to in listen uh, listen to it in your car or wherever you go. Like I said, just download the Dash Radio app, look for the Nothing But Net channel. You'll get all kinds of team-specific programming of shows just like this one, as well as some general NBA shows and some great music in between, so definitely worth checking it out. But if you are listening to the podcast version, if you could leave us a rating and subscribe, we would appreciate it. All right. Gordon Ryan, great show as always. We got it's always you know you had a good show when you covered the Midwest and the Danish basketball MVP. You can't get any better than that, man. That's peak us. If if you guys are on Twitter, hashtag no four. That's right. (laughs) Don't even plan one. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. It's time.
time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.